photographers keeping it real photographers keeping it real this is our podcast we've never done this before we practice just a little bit so we apologize if it's a bad shit i know so good oh yeah Photographers keeping it real We keep it real cause We like the way that it feels Hello and welcome to the Photographers Keeping It Real podcast I'm Andy Hudson and joining me as always is Mr. Steve Grogan Hello there, good evening Hello, how are you? okay? Yeah, not too bad, you? Not bad at all, thanks. Just recovering from the old uh, Easter bank holiday. Oh, I just had weddings all Easter bank holiday. Well, I didn't, that's a lie. I had one, but it, <laughs> it took me like a couple of days to recover from it. So, same with me. I'm a bit of a lightweight. I do get wedding hangovers after like one actual wedding. Majorly, man. Honestly, like I, I just constantly feel knackered. <laughs> just not even just after a wedding. I think like being 39 and having two children and running a business doesn't really help. So never mind thing is though right i'm a little bamboozled because i had a wedding um over easter and i've had so far seven or eight weddings so it's been quite a busy start to the year uh-huh. i had three in february and later in the year i've got three in december but i've got absolutely nothing booked in for june or september which makes zero sense that's kind of confused me if you got any months where you'd expect to have at least one but it's you know tumbleweeds for that month yeah it happens i mean looking at my calendar earlier i've got got a few gaps in may june as well just two in july but then august i've got six right <laughs> september four october three yeah one thing i've learned really about this industry is very rarely a pattern you know yeah that's so true like last december a couple of years ago i had six weddings december just gone i had one and i've got none for this december so and i do quite like the december ones because obviously it's nice to have the money around christmas time yeah i've got three in december and i really do not want to have three in December. I've got two. So I've got one at the start of December, but then I've got 28th and 29th of December. Right. Yeah. Oh, well. I don't take no. bookings between Christmas and New Year normally, like as we go away to Holland to see uh, my wife's in-laws. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I can't yeah, do that it's... this year, but it's, it is money at the end of the day. But never mind. It's Well, fine. it is. It's all good. We can't really complain really can we no i mean one of the things that i'm sort of keen to maximize and i know that we've talked about this off air in the past to sort of avoid the spikes and dips in bookings at different times of the year is to really sort of look at instagram and see how how to utilize that more effectively because i do think it's becoming a massive potential source of booking couples and Definitely after hammering stories at the start of the year, I picked up my first ever Instagram booking. Woohoo! And you owe me a pint for that one. Yeah, I know, because it was you basically telling me like to get on Instagram stories all the time. And I know you found it to be more of a thing now too, and you've had more success than me with it, haven't you? Absolutely. Over the last couple of years, I've just noticed a massive shift in my inquiries coming from... Previously, it was mostly organic Google searches and recommendations and now it's recommendations and instagram it took me a while to get get the hang of how to use instagram and make it work for you and obviously i've still got a hell of a lot to learn hence why we're on this podcast talking about it that's the thing like the one thing that irks me really is um well actually (laughs) hold on i probably should clarify that literally everything irks me in life um (laughs) but one thing that in particular that uh, has been sort of annoying me is that i've been trying to find podcasts that give decent advice on using instagram 
to book clients for weddings specifically. And every time I listen to a podcast, it's people talking about how to be an influencer. And that's something I have absolutely no interest in ever trying to become. But slightly ironically, I sort of used our influence <laughs> to ask our excellent Facebook group who was having any success using Instagram. And we found today's special guest via that route. Yes, we certainly did. It's a fellow Lancashire-based photographer, although he originally hails from, from Wales. You'll probably notice that little twang in his accent. And it's someone whose work we've, we've been a big fan of since um, Photographers Keeping It Real started. And it's uh, Andrew Griffiths, a.k.a. Andy Griffiths. How are you doing, Andy? All right, guys. Very well, thanks. How are you all? Happy to have you on the podcast. Cheers. Thanks very much. Good to be here. Yeah, excellent. Podcast number eight, I think. I should probably have checked that before we start the podcast. Let's just say number eight. We'll just delete someone off if we've had we've done more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, I forgot to mention something at the start of the podcast. So sorry, Andy, just bear with us one second. No worries. We have our awesome podcast partner, which is QT Albums. <coughs> so if you're listening to this and interested in finding the absolute best albums for your couples, please head over to QTAlbums.com and check out their amazing work. Steve and I both use them for our clients and think that in itself really tells you everything you need to know because we wouldn't partner with them if we weren't completely in love with what they do. Well done, by the way, there for remembering not to say www when you're introducing websites, because that's yeah. what you always used to do, and it used to really annoy me. I know. I knew I wouldn't live that down <laughs> after I did it in the last episode, our last episode with Laura Bab, which was uh, great, but I did also mess up the sound on that one, so I was clearly having a bad day. Let's just put it down to that. That's fair enough. <laughs> that's fair enough. Okay, and another thing we should mention is that we often refer to our Facebook group on the podcast and Andy Griffiths is a, a very much loved, well, loved, is that the right word? Loved member of the oh, stop it. Of, yeah. of, of the group. Tolerated. Yeah, he's, blush, he's, he's blushing as we speak. <laughs> and if you're not a member, please do search for Photographers Keeping It Real on Facebook and join the community because it is really, really good. There's no egos. Oh, well, every now and again, but we keep them in check. Um, no arguing, again, every now and again, but we keep them in check. But it is really genuinely a brilliant and supportive area to be and to share real moments from from weddings that you shoot and obviously to learn as well because we're all learning yeah absolutely i've learned so much since we started the group to be honest with you it's been probably the number one resource for me to improve my documentary side of things which is why i set up in the first place so i guess that's a good thing that it worked but mm -hmm. <laughs> you know i know the people have taken great inspiration from it as well which is wonderful so yeah head over to facebook and join our group if you haven't already but that's enough about us as what we really want to know is all about how andy griffiths rocks instagram to the point where he's been asked to come on the best podcast in the entire world to regale us with tales of awesome booking numbers and equally awesome couples so andy are you ready for your first question I sure am, mate. Excellent. Okay. Let's talk numbers, first of all. Over the last 12 months or so, give or take, what, what percentage of your bookings would you say have actually come via Instagram? Not just bookings, but inquiries and bookings, um, just so that we can understand how the numbers work for you and how you've utilised it. I would say that I really started using Instagram a lot, probably about 12 to maybe 18 months ago. And I would say that over the last year, 70, 75%, something like that, of my inquiries have come through Instagram, either through like the messaging feature or All right. on my contact form when they've gone through my website, they then say that they found me through Instagram. Yeah. It's picked up massively. In terms of bookings, if we just go through this year, because I can't remember last year, I would say that it's a probably about 28 to 29 bookings 
just this year through wow. Instagram. Wow, big numbers. Yes. That's very, very good going. There's a lot of people out there probably now going, what? Now now you know why we asked him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely my number one resource, hands down. Cool. Well, one thing I hear a lot is that Instagram inquiries tend to be so much better than the ones that you get through Facebook. So, you know, the dreaded £300 budget at a social club sort of is you free and does you do wedding pics kind of vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and I do get those, I do. Is that something you've experienced and believe is usually true of Instagram? Yes, definitely over the last 12 to 18 months for me Facebook has has pretty much completely died. I think I've had one book in through Facebook this year. I don't really use it to be honest. The only real reason why I use it is just to share kind of my blogs after weddings like I do sneak peeks and things and yeah, same it's really I just share them on Facebook. Otherwise there's um, a feature on Instagram that you can just share directly to Facebook from Instagram. I just do that. Yeah. So this sort of like a thing that I had in my mind for a while that um, Facebook is sort of serving your existing clients and Instagram is um, helping you find new clients. Is that sort of how you use it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then when I meet my couples before the wedding or on the wedding day, if I haven't met them before, then I'll always add them on Facebook, if you like, if they are on Facebook, so that then I can kind of tag them in the uh, the blogs or the sneak peek that I do so that then their friends can see the photos. But that's the only reason why I use Facebook. Are you being truthful there or do you just add them on Facebook so you can stalk them just before you set off the wedding and remind yourself what they looked like because you can't remember? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> that might be a little bit true as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, do you know what I did? I thought I'd be really clever because I used to find it really hard to find people on um, Facebook. So I put on my questionnaire, I put... Um, follow me on on instagram here's my instagram username whatever and are you happy for me to follow you on instagram too and i got it was during a really busy part, part of the summer and i just got everyone sending their questionnaires back just saying yes but not putting their instagram like name and i was like oh well that backfired didn't it i'm like so now i'm, I'm not following you now you're probably gonna take that personally because i haven't followed you and i still don't know what you look like <laughs> andy is, is there one thing that you changed in your approach to Instagram that brought you success and that you really noticed? Uh, or was it just tweaking things here and there over the time? You know, you know, it's like when you throw yourself into a new platform, you, you just kind of pick things up as you go along and find out what works. But was there anything that you really noticed was improving for you in terms of actually getting inquiries and bookings from it? Yeah, I would say regular posting of images and especially curating your work in the way that you want your work to be seen, if you like, so that you only really attract couples that you want to attract and, mm -hmm. and that would be a good fit for you as a photographer, but also them as a couple. So definitely regular posting, both, like you said earlier, on stories, but also just normal posting. I mean, you know, you've got to think about it. The wedding industry there's a huge choice of photographers out there for couples. And if mm. you're not sharing good, varied content, then why would they kind of find you on Instagram for one? But also, if it's not good content, why would they book you? And another bit of um, advice that Steve gave me actually was to um, look at hashtags as if I was thinking about my audience as being brides that I'm targeting rather than likes. 
And yeah. grooms, and grooms. And grooms, sorry. <laughs> okay, I'll, let, I'll let you off. Yeah, sorry. Equality and all that. Yes, grooms as well. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah, so like rather than, I, I think when Steve looked at my hashtags, I had probably two hashtags that related to the venue and the rest were sort of like, you know, generic, generic. Yeah, generic ones that only photographers would look. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, well, who's going to find you searching the hashtag wedding photography when you've got like 18 million posts a day on that yeah, alone exactly. or something? Yeah, no, it made, it made a lot of sense. And I wasn't getting that many likes anyway. So it wasn't like I was <laughs> losing much anyway by taking them off. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm only getting 40 likes instead of 60. That's I can handle that. I think there's this tendency to, to go chasing likes and followers. Yeah. And I learned very quickly that that's not the be all and end all. Obviously, more followers and more likes may lead to more engagement, but ultimately i think you've just got to try and be be easier to find yeah i think i think the thing is though you've just said you might get more engagement but who cares about engagement from other photographers or other wedding suppliers in the nicest possible way you're not going to get new inquiries from other wedding photographers realistically no no not at all so i completely agree with you you have to have the right hashtags otherwise it's just it's pointless and i and personally getting likes and things like that is is nice but it's only nice when you get them from couples or potential, potential. couples yeah i think the penny the penny dropped for me with, with him with instagram about a year and a half ago when when he had an inquiry which later obviously turned into a booking and um when i actually met them for the consultation before they agreed to book i was talking about how they found me and and the bride and groom said that they were searching venue related hashtags on instagram so they was it was the venue was king street townhouse in manchester a well-known and very nice venue in the city center of manchester and they'd have just booked their venue so the next step for most people after they've booked a venue is usually a photographer the band you know that pecking order kind of comes in then and they were just searching king street townhouse wedding king street townhouse wedding photographer those yeah. type of hashtags just to see what weddings at their venue look like and also to get an idea of what photographers might be out there. And this couple found me through that. They saw some of my images from, of course, King Street Townhouse, through the hashtags that they were searching and got in touch and, and they booked me. So that was me. That was the huge like wake-up call. Actually, yeah, that's what it's about. It's about making sure that you're tagging your images so that people can find you. Yeah. Andy, is that sort of your approach to hashtags then? And is that what you've been successful with, tagging the venue and that kind of thing? Yeah. Each photo I'll tag. If I know who all the suppliers are, I'll tag all the suppliers. I'll definitely tag the venue. And then the hashtags then are venue specific, Northwest specific. So, you know, kind of where I want to work. So things like Cheshire, Lancashire, Merseyside, Liverpool, Manchester, that kind of thing. And then also just kind of just random ones, you know, like I look at other blogs and look at other, to be honest, I look at some of my, my own couples and what they post when they put up a photo about their wedding and what they share. And then that's just straight from the horse's mouth, really, about what my couples are using for hashtags. That's really good, actually. I never really thought about that because they tag me in their pictures on Instagram all the time. And I've never probably paid any attention to the hashtags they've used. So, yeah. Well, I think what I learned as well is Instagram is a search engine, really, at its core, when you actually think about it. Obviously, it's a social media. It's got a feed. You know, you can look at photographs. But when you actually think about it, it's actually a search engine. It's kind of like a mini Pinterest. 
I'd know. say it's a better Pinterest. <laughs> yeah. You just said a minute ago, Steve, about a couple booking you. I met with a couple yesterday for a quick drink before their wedding in May. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they said to me straight away that they found the venue, they fell in love with it, they booked it there and then when the first time they went to see it. Mm. And then they went home and on the I think even on the drive home, the bride was just searching and looking at Instagram and that's where they found me. It's very visual Instagram as well. I think it's very quick in terms of how you how people can view it. If you think about your average person using Instagram, they're looking at probably hundreds of images a day just scrolling through, aren't they? So that's why you've got a your work's got to stand out as well, otherwise it's gonna be more and more difficult. Exactly. And it has to be that like regular posting. You know, everybody has different standards of the, where they are at, within their photography kind of journey or business, whatever you want to call it. Mm. But you just have to make sure that you curate your images in the way that you want to be seen. And for me, as an example, I'm not going to be posting group photos because I don't really want to shoot group photos. I do mm-hmm. do them because they're important. You know, they're memories. Yeah, of course they are, yeah. Important people from the wedding will be in those photos and they won't be here forever. But I don't want to be known as somebody that does loads of group photos because I recommend only doing kind of eight. Mm-hmm. That makes complete sense. You know, likewise, you probably won't post many, if any at all, detail shots unless it's something that stands out. You know, I, I do the same. I mean, I, I do take detail shots, but I'm not going to post any on Instagram unless, like, there was a, I've done a couple, posted a couple recently because the cakes were like ridiculously amazing. But it's not the kind of thing I want people to see. I want to see people having a great time, drinking, partying. Yeah. So that I get couples like that. (laughs) Yeah. Or just real moments for me. Yeah. Going on a tangent a little bit, but I had a wedding on Sunday. I probably took my favourite ever ever photo, and it was the bride kissing her dad. That is on my Instagram. It resonates with me for various reasons, but that's the type of stuff. It wasn't posed. I didn't tell them to do it. It just came naturally. That's what I want to be showing is that strong emotional images that people can relate to and that's what they want as opposed to kind of you know the gripping grins where they just kind of grab each other and look down the barrel of the, of the camera it's not <laughs> it's not what i want i took no. um the, my greatest ever dad seeing his daughter photo earlier this year and he came in the room and he just saw it and he just broke down and he, he had his hands over his face and he was like crying and I had the bride obviously out of focus in the foreground and it was a beautiful moment and I shot it like wide with a I think like a 25 mil mm-hmm. so there was like you know I really brought the scene together and I was so proud of it and I put it on Facebook and she was a bit older, the bride. She was in her 40s and the dad was like in his 70s. And obviously the generational thing of sharing emotional things isn't quite as, you know, they're not used to it as much if you're a bit older. And she just sent me a message saying, look, I love the photo so much. It's my favorite photo, but my dad doesn't like it being on Facebook or any social media <laughs> can you take it down and i was like no I was frightened like, of the internet oh and i was so good because <laughs> on my instagram i post like quite a lot of dad's photos and i put like you know the the comments i always put like real men cry you know and like let's celebrate it and this is what i'll be like mm. when i see my daughter get married and stuff like that and I, I love it like it's one of my favorite things to post is like a dad reaction shot and this was like the king of all of them i've ever done and yeah and i had it, it can't be shown anywhere ever damn 
yeah, that's upsetting when that happens, but mm. I guess you've got to respect. Oh, no, I completely yeah. under, I completely understand it, to be honest with you. It's it's a generational yeah. thing. You know, we do it. I mean, I'm 39, so I'm, like, not that young, but I still just put anything on social media without really thinking about it. It's different when you're older. That's the kind of thing that many of your family have never seen you even cry before. Yeah. Well, you've got to understand it, haven't you? Yeah. Okay, well, enough about Instagram for a moment. We're going to have a little bit of a break. Now, we know people like this particular part of the podcast, so it, it's that time where... Our guest speaker, or guest guest, whatever. Guest guest. <laughs> guest guest. Yeah. That's why we, we record it as it happens, because you just come up with nonsense like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that part where we try and get them to reveal their most embarrassing moment that's happened to them at a wedding. Now, I do actually know Andy. Uh, <laughs> so, so I've probably got a few stories that are not fit for this podcast. So I'll pass you over to Andy. And uh, yes, he can tell us the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to him at a wedding. So roll the jingle. It went wrong, it went wrong. Something went very wrong. At a wedding went very wrong. I thought it would be embarrassing. Then I thought, oh poor me. And then I thought it made a good story. But I'm gonna tell you right now. It's my embarrassing story, oh. You knob, Steve. Um, you know what this is? Pets. Not pets, but oh. I'll tell you that if I've got time to tell you two embarrassing <laughs> that, stories. That, although that, that sounds didn't happen at a wedding. Okay. Oh, right. I don't want any anything that we're going to um, get taken off the air for. Anything too obscene nah, that you've done with pets. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> so the first one would probably be when I was just before the ceremony. And I literally looked at my feet and thought, yep, you're the wrong shoes. <laughs> I had two different shoes on. No! <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. The bri- I told the bride, like, <laughs> making, a laugh, making a joke out of it, and the bride thought it was hilarious, which was, which was fine. Yeah, I'd have sent yeah. you home. <laughs> We're quite similar, but when I posted it, I sent a message to Steve. He then decided to put it in various Facebook groups, I think, which then <laughs> everybody just took the piss out of me, which is fine. I don't mind that, you know. So that's right, probably right. one. So you weren't wearing, just to clarify, you weren't like wearing a brown shoe and a slipper or something like that? <laughs> no, they were, they were they were vans. Right. Because I try and be comfortable in a wedding. Yeah. But one was very new. And one was very old. <laughs> You'll probably just look like you hop everywhere, and that's like one's got like loads of wear out of it. And Pretty you're gonna, like, no, I'm, I'm surprised he's he's managed to find shoes that any shoes given the size of his feet. All right, only okay. size fourteen, Steve. Wow, only size fourteen. Do you know what? I'm only a size eight and a half. Your feet are nearly twice the size of mine. Fourteen yeah. feet. They're like <laughs> size fourteen feet. They're like, God, ridiculous. She's, she's, she could decide my socks, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on, I think. That is going yeah. into dangerous territory. Especially considering the next story is to do with pets as well. I'm getting very concerned. Well, that the pets, I'll tell you quickly, is different. You have to tell that one. I had a couple booked in last year, and they, for whatever reason, I don't really know, they separated before the wedding, which is a shame. So I never got to photograph the wedding. And I, of course, said, you know, if I book another wedding on your date, I'll give the money back and all of that kind of thing. Because, you know, I don't, I'm not going to be an ass about it. You know, it's not Fair a great enough. situation for them. 
And anyway, I didn't book another wedding. And about oh, a week before the wedding, the groom sent me a message basically saying, like, I, I know you haven't booked another wedding and we've paid, <laughs> but I want you to come to my house and uh, I want you to work still. And I was like, well, you're, not, you're not getting married, so... I'm a wedding photographer. What do you want me to do? Yeah. He was like, I want you nine o'clock until 10.30 at night, <gasps> which is what I booked you for, to come to my house and do whatever I want. <laughs> you can start off with taking photographs of my pets. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, so, I, was in, I was in stitches when, I, when, when, when he told me about this. I was like, so he was, he was still expecting him to, to, wow. to, to spend his hours for 12 hours and just photograph him. Sat there for our pet yeah. shoot, a couple of hours, dude. Wah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it didn't happen anyway. We we found a resolution through that, you know, sad situation, but quite funny, which yeah. turned out to be quite embarrassing because I still have the piss taken out of me for <laughs> Andy Griffith's pet photography. Yeah, well, do you know what's gonna happen? Although now my camera does have eye focus for pets or dogs, or whatever. I actually had the same situation, not quite the same, but like um, I had a couple split up just before the wedding and then stepmom of the groom rang me up saying, why don't you come around and do a family shoot instead on the day? And I was like, nah. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, it's not happening because A, um, the bride's paid me, you haven't. So yep. I'm, go- I'm not going to do it for you anyway. Not your client, not my- you're not my client, yeah. Yeah, and also I just said, um, well, I can't because you booked me for wedding photography and in the contract it doesn't stay under the cancellation policy that um, it's transferable Transfer- to a different oh. service. So I'd be like in breach of my own contract if I did it. So sorry, I can't. And then I went to Lake Como instead. So Lucky you, eh? I did have a wedding there. It wasn't like I just stayed a <laughs> bit longer though. It wasn't, I didn't just run off with the money and go to Lake Como. I realized it did sound like that. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, never mind. Um, right, okay, yeah, that was pretty good. I enjoyed that, so that was good. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> I he's got, he must be at least another 15, because the stuff he gets up to at weddings that I hear about. <laughs> um, There's a few. He needs to write a book when he retires. I don't think we've had anything that's gone over the line of acceptability yet, so everything's been fairly okay. We won't, we won't be allowed to have it on the podcast because people had complained yeah yeah i bet there's a few stories that the people have been on didn't tell us that they probably could have done but yeah never mind right andy i want to talk about scheduling okay yeah it's something that i do with my instagram feed images i do sometimes do two weeks at a time of scheduling and um i post at least once every day but i have a few times recently done a whole month at a time which is a bit extreme and not much fun I've seen people scheduling Insta stories using all sorts of apps to create layouts and all that kind of thing. And I'd love to know what apps do you use? Do you schedule things? Or are you like Steve, where you just post stuff off your phone while you're doing what he refers to as a brown sit down? Insta poo. Insta poo. (laughs) I'm a big believer in posting while you poo. You know, from your phone, sat there. Where you go? Two three you gonna, times a day. Jobs are good. And weren't you going to do um, a workshop from a, a public convenience somewhere? You up for it. Eight of you just all sat on the toilet doing this. Well, Instagram. if you think about it, going back, I remember the death of time before smartphones, and we used to when we were sat on the on the toilet. If you forgot like a book or a magazine, you'd just like read the back of like the bleach bottle or something. Yeah, just to anything. But now you can just you can work whilst you, you know on the throne it's it's what a time to be alive <laughs> well nobody do you know what like i went to the doctor surgery a while ago and um and i had no no signal on my phone and i was just sat there going what do i do 
Like, mm, it's I, not good, is it? No, I had to like read this magazine. I was like, <laughs> it's like a four-year-old Top Gear magazine, but I was like, yeah, it's fine. The new Fiesta's come out four years ago. I'll read about that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, enough about Steve. scheduling. Sorry yeah, about pooing. That. Yeah, let's talk about scheduling and apps and that kind of thing. Sure, I don't really use any apps for scheduling. I just use my iPhone, so I pretty much keep my hashtags in my notes for different times of the year or different scenes. Um, So if I'm going to post a party scene from the evening, I've got some hashtags for that. Or if it's the Uh daytime or bridal prep, for example, then I've got different things for that. Then all I do is draft my Instagram posts. So rather than using any apps, I literally just create the post as if I'm going to go and post and then I just cancel it and it just gives you the opportunity to save draft and then it's just saved in my Instagram Mm -hmm. and then whenever I want to post literally all I need to do is is find whichever one I want to do and post it there and then it takes two seconds to do I'll probably have in my kind of drafts about 30 to 40 posts right and then that will last me maybe 10 days yeah something like that yeah, yeah, and then that just gives me the flexibility to post what what I want to post. So rather than you know having right next Wednesday this photo is going to go out, anything could have happened in that time, and and I want to relate to what's happened. So um, by keeping it kind of relevant to what I want, yeah. it gives me that flexibility. So and then I normally really just post mornings lunchtime, afternoon, and then maybe the evening, and then normally as well my stories i post most most days the stories but they're more maybe personal things like something i'm getting up to i could be out in the zoo say for example with with my kid and i'll just post a picture of of him on there saying what i'm doing or you know i, I posted today i had some amazing feedback from a from a bride from a yeah. saturday's wedding so i screenshotted what she wrote and, and I posted it on my stories. It's nice to throw in a few personal bits in it, like you've said then about having pictures of your son at the zoo and so people know that you're a real person, they can relate to you more, can't they? And exactly right. It just makes you more personable. Most of my couples are similar age to me or a bit younger, same kind of mindset as me and you know, they want me to photograph their wedding because they want that style of what I offer which then normally means that they're this similar type of person to me. So again, Instagram, there's so much choice out there of photographers. Mm. You have to show who you are. You have to stand out from the crowd. Otherwise you're just held back by everybody else that's out there. You know what? I totally agree. I, I took a book in last month for, from a couple who, um, they found me on Instagram and when I went round to meet them to have a chat about their wedding plans before they decided to book, they said they'd seen some of my stories of me taking my dogs out for a walk and, and they loved the names of my dogs. That's yeah. that's one of the things that they thought was pretty cool because I've named my, my dogs after Ozzy Osbourne and Lars Ulrich, Metallica, <laughs> Black Sabbath. They just related to that. And, we did think... have to have a chat though, didn't we, Steve, about the hashtags you were using because you didn't understand what dogging was. So every time it <laughs> kept using the hashtag dogging. I do now I did some research. Yeah. And, he was uh, getting a lot of couples inquire with him, but it wasn't for weddings. Yeah, that kind of behaviour wasn't around when I was when I was young. So um, <laughs> you know, I'm older than you guys. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, Andy, just uh, a couple of questions. One is you mentioned going to the zoo. Are you still at the zoo? Because I'm sure I keep hearing tweeting in the background of birds. So I just wanted to check you've not been locked that's in. That's because the house I live in, right? Yeah. 
has got a tin roof, which sounds stupid, but it's one of those old style, almost bungalows, but not. Mm. You're in the middle of a pet shoot, aren't you? That's what you're doing. <laughs> He's still the there. The guy hasn't let him out yet. <laughs> it's hotter than the sun in my house. So I've got the window open. So uh, wow. sorry about that. Oh, that's fair. I, I, the other question I was going to ask is, in terms of your pictures themselves, where are yep. you storing all these images? And do you um, have them uploaded to like the cloud and you just take them from there when you use them? Or are they all stored on your phone? Or how, how are you doing that? So what I do basically is I'll have a folder in Lightroom for all of my like 2018 weddings, 2017, 2019, only their JPEGs from the weddings. And then every so often I'll go through all the weddings that I've shot and, and kind of just pick random pictures that I want. And then I will then save them in Dropbox. Yeah. And I've got the Dropbox app on my phone. And then I'll also share them to the cloud as well on iCloud so then I can easily just then download them to my photos whenever I want them in my iPhone and then I've got like a folder specific to like April 2019 Instagram on my iPhone yeah. and then that's where I just go straight to and, and pick them so I've already got my folder for May so that's fine but also then obviously you know I've just shot four weddings over Easter so I've got loads of new content and I'll show those in May, June and throughout the year as well, just at random times. Yeah, makes sense. So you're not posting directly from the cloud, you're taking it from the cloud back in, onto your phone and then it saves it into your phone and you yeah. post from there, right, cool. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, just go, to go back a couple of steps, I do use another app, which I didn't mention, called Unfold. Yeah, uh, great, I know that one. Great yeah. for setting out stories, loads of people use it now. Great for setting out stories, especially for like sneak peeks or blogs and that kind of thing. But things change, like, 12 months ago, I was using different apps, um, but I don't use them anymore. There's one called Layout as well, which is quite good. It's very similar. Yeah, I've, not, say I don't, I've never heard of that. You just have to do some research. Like mm. Every so often, I'll just go on Google and type in like new Instagram trends 2019 or whatever, and it just comes up with loads of different apps and different things. If I'm honest, it's not rocket science. You just have to work. Yeah. And it, it doesn't even feel like work because it's just Instagram. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think I have like the biggest problem of overthinking things and being quite OCD in my approach to stuff. So like I'll like schedule, I'll download apps. I'll The other day I created about 20 different folders of different venue names or happy moments, funny moments, and then like took loads of pictures and put them in each folder. And I'm like, I'm going to upload them all to Google Drive. And then I've got, whenever I want, I can just go into a folder and do a whole like series of stories about funny moments or something. And then obviously it's took me so long to organize that that i haven't even uploaded a google drive yet and i've done no stories <laughs> with them because i wasted so much time setting it up so it's like i think sometimes you can go too far with it yeah i think you've just got to figure out your target audience and just go from there really and i think you can make things too complicated i think you've just yeah. got to... one of the things that i personally learned quite quickly was that just try and think about when your target audience are actually going to be online there's a chance that they might be searching for things there's no point in, in posting too often maybe on like a friday night or something because a lot of my target audience will probably be out drinking yeah yeah um, you know so certain days are obviously a lot better than others like people tend to spend a lot of time vegging around on a sunday hungover just yeah. on the phones so sunday's probably quite a good day thursday nights is a good day you know because people are excited for the weekend and they're all online and stuff it's you just get to i think you just get to know and, and make sure that you have a look you are having a look at your um the stats as well you know the yeah impressions i forgot what it's called but you can actually on instagram you can look and you can see you if know, you're a business I'm, account 
go to be yeah, a business you, account. Yeah, you can look if you're a business account how many hashtags people have gone onto the images via hashtags, things like that. You know, how many people have gone to your website via the picture, how many people have viewed your profile. And, and just try and figure out for yourself what's working, what's making people visit your profile, what type of picture is more popular. That's what I think. But And also things like your stories, you know, check those as well. See if people are following through on your stories, check, clicking on any hashtags, those types of things. But actually, Andy, while we're on the, the subject of stories, have you noticed any difference between your actual Instagram feed and the stories in terms of bringing in inquiries? I mean, I know it's probably quite difficult to actually detect any difference but have you i don't know if you've not not posted any stories for a while have you noticed the drop off in inquiries or engagement just kind of in the last six months say october and november were both really good months for me for bookings december i pretty much it was coming up to christmas obviously i stopped posting i, ha- I hardly ever posted on instagram and I got that was no, probably because you were drunk most of december pretty much but i didn't <laughs> get any inquiries through instagram in december but i also didn't post anything in mm-hmm. december i then started posting loads in january and yeah. i booked loads so i think what you're going back to your question looking at kind of stories and normal posts i think stories probably influence people into what you know they can see a post and then if they look at your your work and then Mm. see that you've got a story i think it just adds to the appeal yeah to you as a person if you have got different stories sometimes i see and I, i don't i don't get this really but i see sometimes in stories like people promoting other photographers and saying kind of meet so and so this is another photographer that i know it's like why are you doing that? Like you're that's, I know you could be friends with them and stuff like that, but that might just send people away from your page onto their page. And it's like, you're a hard nosed to you. You're a hard nosed businessman, aren't you? No, he's right though. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not joking, right? There was, um, I'm not going to obviously name names or anything, but it was a photographer that I saw, um, did a whole Facebook, um, how to book your perfect wedding photographer, obviously as a way to promote himself. Right and spend a good half an hour of the hour or whatever it was talking about three or four other photographers and showing their work and going into great detail about why their work was so good. We were like, we, watched, we were like, oh, this makes no sense. Yeah, this is not it's good me. promotion for yourself. <laughs> what are you doing? So yeah, I, you've got to keep it relevant. Keep it about you and, and who you are and, and your work and other supplier like if you've worked with a great makeup artist or something like that share their work it's great to network it's great to promote other people but not potential competition because it people it's so easy when you do the little at sign and add other people in for people just to click on them and, and go away from your page yeah that's definitely some advice that i'd give one thing i'd like to talk about is doing personal stuff on stories because i don't know i kind of find that i mean i'm 39 uh, i've got two kids and my life isn't particularly Instagrammable. I'd, I'd, surprised. I'd, yeah, yeah. I mean, I did. I did do loads of Instagram stories yesterday, and I did. I did often. It was lovely weather, and I've had like loads of fun with the kids, my for ice cream and stuff like that. So, I, I felt you, like that. You, was, you've missed was, one thing. What you've got? You own a dog as well, don't you? I know. I have started doing. People more love daily. dogs. Yeah. They don't love children. They love dogs more than they love children. I know. Post more about your dogs than your children, yeah. and people will just be like, "Oh my god, no, he's got a dog. We it, need to book him." It's so true, though. Like Charlie's got sick of standing in or sitting in little pools of light in the woods <laughs> over the last week because. 
because I've been like, Charlie, stay, 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 while I take like a photo of him for stories. And he's just like, oh, not this again. <laughs> like there is, there is another photographer actually who, who me and Andy both know, Charlie Palmer. Oh yeah, uh, oh, Andy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lo- yeah, lovely girl, lovely girl, great photographer as well. Yeah, she targets clients with dogs because mm-hmm. um, she just thinks that they're going to get her a little bit more because she's got she loves dogs and she wants other couples who have got dogs because they just kind of relate yeah and i think why not yeah you've just got to you know you just got to think you know if you're an animal lover i mean i'm not most people say they're an animal lover aren't they but if you genuinely are and you've got like loads of animals just post about it people you've got loads of animals who are getting married will will probably relate to you yeah so i guess what you're saying is just try and find that that one thing maybe or two things that you can because i i I see the photography who very you know younger and um, child free and they have very instagramable lives where they go to cool hipster places and they'll do like boomerangs of the menu of the of the burgers and they'll be having cocktails in the sun and then they'll be going to watch like a band or something and i'm like i've just watched twirly woos for an hour on the, on a loop like nobody wants to see that in a story you need to get out more andy you need to come to manchester and we'll get you absolutely destroyed and go to some wild parties and then you've got some content yeah we were talking about this earlier weren't we i said like i don't really drink very much so like two pints and i'll be absolutely destroyed and it'll be about eight o'clock that's still probably not very very instagrammable <laughs> oh here's andy being sick at like 9 p.m after four pints <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah Excellent. no maybe not um so uh moving on from that andy uh are you part of any sort of you know like pods or waves or any sort of groups that where you you know you have like a mutually beneficial way of sharing each other's work and liking it and that kind of thing i was a while ago like when i you know a good couple of years ago and i've thought about redoing it and things but it's again it's the wrong target for me like yeah you might get more reach but who's that reach from probably just more photographers or other people in the wedding industry i don't really care about other photographers posting on my work saying great great photo that's such nice light or or anything like that you know i want couples i want the people that are in the photo if i'm honest i had i very rarely post like just pictures of the bride and groom you know it's about other people at the wedding it's about telling the story and showing the life of and soul of what the wedding was about as opposed to kind of just the bride and groom and i say that to couples as well you know like it's not just about them it sounds weird because it's their wedding but they'd be pretty bored if they went through their all their photos and just Just looked at the same thing so for me, no, I'm not in any. I've heard that some people it works for and others have said that it's really impacted on them negatively. And I'm right. sure that Instagram will soon become aware of that yeah. kind of approach and, and yeah. you know, they're ban very, it. They're very, or... they're very clever when it comes to things like that. They can tell if it's people repeating the same thing and are there's the same people posting on each other's. Exactly. Yeah, they it's Facebook own Instagram, don't they? They're cleverer than all of us. They know everything. Oh, yeah. No, they, they'll always penalise you at some point in the future. Yeah. And then you have to start your strategy all over again because... You play the system, but then the system will change. So I think the key thing, I think, is just to have a, a genuine strategy when yeah, it yeah. comes to your social media. Don't just throw Hope. stuff at it. Yeah. yeah. Just think, right, I want to attract this type of couple. How do I attract this type of couple? What hashtags are they looking at? This wedding that I'm posting... You know, what's happening in it? Where is it? What venue is it at? Is it in Manchester? Is it in Liverpool? Is it in Surrey? Is it in Cornwall? Is it in Leeds? Target your hashtags at that. As long as your work is is decent, you're going to get bookings. Are you guys hashtagging um, stories then for the venues and things like that? 
Yep. Yeah. 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 Tag yep. the venue. I do. I, I yeah. tag tag uh, the man hashtag stories when yeah. it's to do with the venue. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had uh, quite. I was going to say quite a lot of success. I didn't add one booking, but for me that's quite a lot of success because it's my only booking via Instagram. But um, earlier this year, I was doing. I was tagging one particular venue and, and hashtagging them every other day, pretty much because they kept sharing everything I did with them tagged in it and then I got a booking with a couple who weren't even going to have a wedding photographer they just were going to get friends to it and then they kept seeing my pictures and were just like actually we we love his work so we're going to book him so I found hashtagging that venue and tagging them worked really well but a lot of other venues don't seem to to really bother when you sort of um, most most don't I don't yeah. think most don't but some do and I think the most important thing personally is just just to make sure that you're hashtagging the venues so that any future couples who book certain venues they're going to be searching those hashtags. How does that work um, in terms of the hashtag itself then when you use a story? How does a bride see? So if I'm following, say, um, a particular wedding venue like Steve Grogan Towers, right, which is a new wedding venue opening very soon. It's, yeah, it's very weird. It's, it'll, uh, be, it'll be a great venue. It's a very rock heavy. It's like got a sort of Metallica theme. Yeah. Flames. Yeah. Definitely skulls everywhere. Yeah, you enter through a massive like um, devil's head. That's the door. Brilliant. Stuff, yeah. Um, right up my street. <laughs> so it's like, say, I, I hashtag, what did I call it? Steve Grogan Towers wedding or something like that. And a bride's following that hashtag. How does she see that? Does that pop up in her feed or something then? Potentially it will pop up. Okay. You can follow hashtags. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody had hashtag had followed, sorry, Steve Grogan Towers, every time somebody posted and used that hashtag, it would come up in their notifications and say this has just been tagged or this has just been posted Post, or whatever. Yeah. I would say most bride and groomers wants that, you know, especially brides, I'd say when they get kind of giddy about the venue that they've booked, probably do follow all those hashtags so that yeah. when they do come up, they'll see them every time. So it's really important. The venues are crucial, I think, for tagging and using the hashtag for it and that kind of stuff. And the best thing ever is when the venue do share it. They what's re, called re, re, regram it or repost it. Yeah, and 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 that's the other thing about stories is that when you post stuff to stories and you tag other people in, they can literally share it so easily because they all their just, followers then see it, don't yeah. they? So yeah, and that's that's the reach that you're looking for, not the five hundred other photographers that follow you or whatever and look at your work and that. It's the venue and the couples that potentially might book you. They're the ones that you want to be seeing it. And that's that's the venues. So when you're doing a story of, of Steve Grogan Towers, do you have a particular hashtag that you use, which would be the venue itself? Or do you always put the word wedding on the end? Or do you vary it up? Or have you got like a, a particular sort of strategy in terms of that particular hashtag? Could be both. Right. I think, uh, I think you should actually look at the hashtags and see because if you actually search hashtags on on instagram you can actually see how many times that hashtag has been used yeah so you know that if you're if you search on instagram for the hashtag hashtag wedding photographer that's going to be something daft like 32 billion eight you know and it's yeah, yeah. whereas if you use the hashtag say king street townhouse wedding yeah. which is that one i mentioned earlier that i got a booking from that might have only been posted like say 1000 times yeah and those are the types of hashtags that couples will will follow when especially when they first get get engaged when i'm when i'm doing it so i'll be typing in like healy barn wedding or something like that that mm -hmm. as i start typing healy barn i start typing in wedding it'll come up with with wedding it and then the next option if you to the right of it yeah. is weddings do, do you know if it lists it in 
order of, of popularity or do you think is it I'm just, not sure actually no. yeah. I don't know either but I would just some just of my well. some of my posts like so not stories but some of my posts yeah. would literally have like Steve Grogan Towers Steve Grogan Towers wedding Steve Grogan Tower weddings yeah you're covering a lot of bases aren't you yeah. If you, if you yeah. just, you've got 30 hashtags at the end of the day on my phone I've just looked at hashtag wedding photography it's got 21.9 million posts. <laughs> wow so if you think that you're going to be coming up anywhere to be seen by people with that post yeah. that's relevant to your followers it's not going to happen is it it's not going to happen in yeah. saying that most of my I think I have been using that hashtag so I'm going to stop doing that <laughs> um, <laughs> Every day is a school day. Exactly right. Yeah. Practice what you preach. Whereas, say, use this as an, as an example. I shot a wedding on Friday in Mitten Hall, which is in Lancashire. Really nice venue. So, hashtag Mitten Hall wedding has 1,363 posts. So, okay. You've yeah. got more chance of somebody finding Much you. More. So, uh, moving on a little bit, Andy, have you, are there any things that you see wedding photographers doing on Instagram that you feel are just a big no-no? I know you have mentioned earlier about photographers tagging other photographers or sharing their work even, but is there anything else that you think people should avoid that's a really big mistake? Yeah, I th- like just going back to that one that you just said, it's, if I had a second shooter, I'm going to tag them. Yeah. So it's, it's about... You Being know, fair, relevant maybe. Exactly, keeping it relevant as to why you're tagging that person. Um, or if I'm going out on the beers, for example, with you, which happens quite regularly, I would hashtag, if I'm sharing a story, I'd tag you in that for sure. But I'm not going to be sharing your work that you did last Saturday because you're my competition. It's <laughs> because <laughs> um, it's, it's better than yours and I'll get the lights, booking. Lights. <laughs> um, but I would say the main thing for why people say Instagram's not working for them or what the big no-no is, the biggest hands down is not not posting. Yeah. If you're not posting, you're not being seen. And that is definitely the worst thing that you can do. And I'd say that the other thing would be, and it could be controversial. Here we go. I And there's been recent conversations, and I'll be careful what I say, but where frightened already what, what yeah i think i feel like we need like a drum roll to introduce this or like some I'm suspenseful music i think that your couples need to see work that you're capable of producing week in week out yes definitely and if you're then sharing photos and passing them off from style shoots and you're passing them off as real weddings i think that's a bit wrong yeah. then that sets you up to potentially get a complaint or an issue later down the line where your clients have then got a certain expectation because they've seen you post this amazingly staged kind of photo with a groom and bride that have got like, you know, all this stuff going on and all, all of that. And you've got loads of time to shoot it. Whereas realistically in a wedding, it's so fast paced. Yeah. You need to be on it. So that's one thing that, I would say I wouldn't be comfortable share saying that, yes, this is a styled shoot and that kind of thing, but not saying, oh, this is a wedding that I shot last year, blah, 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 because um, it will just come back and bite them in the ass. But who am I to tell them how to run their business? No, so but I think, I, I think it's a, like a valid point in terms of, you know, the morality of it as well, which not everybody has when it comes to business decisions. And, you know, I, I think that you're selling a product at the end of the day. And if you don't deliver that 
expectation level, then then you will find yourself coming unstuck. So I do agree with that completely. And I think that kind of leads quite actually quite nicely onto the next thing I was going to talk about. You have touched on this, so I think you're probably going to agree with me on this, but we'll see how it goes. Over the last few months, I very much, well, probably like the last six months to a year, been thinking very much about my brand and how my images look. So my Instagram feed is super consistent and it's mainly happy moments of people smiling and hugging. There's the odd portrait in there, but I try and make sure it's people laughing and smiling still, um, you know, and the odd silhouette and stuff like that. But it's very consistent. I think that it's important to be consistent with your brand message on Instagram. And I kind of think from what you've just said there that you probably agree. But have I overthought that? Should you just be stand, send, posting the images that make you stand out more? Or do you think your overall feed should be like a portfolio almost? I would say showing varied good quality images yeah. that go with the way that you work is best so like i said earlier i don't really direct much in a wedding i'm there to document what happens and and help the day move forward but i'll shoot minimal group photos and i don't i never really have any type of princess type bride if you want to call them that yeah so i'm not going to show any of that on my feed because i want to attract my particular type of couple that my brand attracts so people will go on my website and they'll see that it's all about kind of natural relaxed documentary kind of photos with a little bit of staged photos which is like you know the groups and whatever Mm -hmm. my main thing is fun weddings showing real emotion and the real moments from those weddings so that's that's all I'm going to post. I'm not going to be posting other stuff. So if Auntie Barbara is sat in the corner, not doing anything at a wedding, I'm not even going to take a picture of that during the wedding. If I have got something like that, I'm certainly not going to show that on my Instagram. Yeah. So say, for example, like um, you were doing a wedding and the couple just said they really wanted a really editorial group shot. And it was all lit really beautifully with like several flashes and it was really paused and stuff. And it looked amazing. And you, you knew that everybody who looked at it would be like, oh, my God, this is such a good photo. Would you post that or would you be like, no, it's too off brand? I would rather post something that's more on brand and keep it consistent. It's a tricky one to say because I probably wouldn't even get that couple that wanted that type of group shot yeah. in the first place. Fair enough, neither would I, to be honest. It was a terrible it, example. It, so it's the only I, one I could think of. No, you were trying to if, catch him out then, wouldn't you? Yeah. If I did get that type of photo or you know if say the weather was terrible so you had to do something inside where you did need to use flash and all that and that's that's absolutely fine yeah i'm probably still not going to use it because it it does diversify from what my brand is yeah but i do you know i say or on my website it's pretty out there that it just does say things like um it's about natural relaxed kind of documentary photography but I do still do at nighttime. I might do a creative photo using flash and I do occasionally share those type of photos. Yeah, to be honest, I do as well, but I, I do that because that's a consistent thing where I do it at every wedding. So I kind of don't feel dirty sort of mixing my documentary um, sort of approach with the odd sort of like really pretty night portraits. Well, there's um, nothing wrong with mixing it up a bit as well, is there, you know? No, but the one, the, I think the thing, the reason why I asked it really was I had this really lovely wedding last year at a really nice venue, and it was a same-sex wedding, which I don't get a lot of, and obviously I'd like to get more of. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've blogged the wedding and everything, I love it, and I've posted some pictures from the wedding on my Instagram, but when it came to the portraits, they were not touchy-feely 
at all. They didn't really yeah. hug and stuff like that. So um, I did this really amazing portrait of them in the woods with like dappled light where one stood in front of the other and they're both looking opposite ways, right? And it looks cool as anything, but I've never posted it on Instagram because it's so far away from what I normally do. But mm. then part of me is like, it's a really bloody good image. I should post it because people will like it. But then I have that real like dilemma of it's it's just totally not what I would normally necessarily try and sell myself as doing. But but you could always post that on your stories because it's only yeah. there for 24 hours. Yeah. Or you could post it and then write in the description about, you know, what it's about. And, then, yeah. and yeah. say, I don't normally do this, but... Yeah, I do that when I've posted grief shots in the past. I, I think... Last year, I might have posted two, three group photos on my Instagram. Yeah. And that was because there was something about them that stood them out from other group shots, whether yeah. that might be the, the location, like one in Italy, for example. But and I did, and I, I will say that in the description, I will say, you know, I don't usually post that many group shots because they're not a huge part of, of my work. However, I wanted to share this one because it, it looks ace, that type of thing. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I feel we've covered a lot here, so... Um, in terms of of using Instagram to attract couples, um, so Andy, finally, can you can you sum up, if possible, any of your top tips and advice for our listeners when it comes to using Instagram as a more effective tool for for getting those bookings in? Yeah, I would say my top tip is just to post, post work regularly, good work on a regular basis. You hear loads of stuff in the industry that, oh, I've just dropped my phone. <laughs> People say, oh, bookings are, are way down. I'm not getting bookings, et cetera, et cetera. But then if you look at their feed on things like Instagram, they've only posted a couple of times this year. Yeah. So why are they going to be getting bookings if they're not posting work regularly? Because there's mm. a whole load of other photographers that are posting regularly and that are mm. getting bookings. The work is still out there. So post. People say the market's is saturated. might be, but bollocks to that there's still loads of work out there people still get married so be visible and show good work and that's definitely the best tip you know we've had conversations like this steve privately and and stuff and it is just about being out there and for want of a better word and about I'll, to be a bit of a whore haven't you yeah whore yourself out be out <laughs> there be, be relevant be there and be seen if you throw enough mud at a wall some of it will stick Exactly. Yeah, don't throw shit Mud. at the wall. In term, yeah, yeah. If you're throwing shit at, <laughs> shit, if you're throwing shit at your Instagram wall, you're not going to get any bookings. That was a terrible uh, like analogy, Steve. I, feel, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> One other thing that I would say that I should have said before about like, the no-nos for what to say or what not to do on Instagram, whatever, is occasionally you see people some photographers or other industry people that badmouth other... God, that's the worst thing. You other can... people, and it's like... Some people that I see, I see what they post and whatever, and I just think, if I was a groom getting married, you would be the last person that I would want to book because you would come across as an absolute peanut. <laughs> a what? A peanut. I was going to say dick, oh, but yeah. I'll, say, I'll say peanut. <laughs> We're going to have to use the, the beep button. For yeah, it's been quite sweary on this one, hasn't it? Yeah. Can I just ask, like, should we do a, a, a podcast on how to get bookings via text message? Because literally while we've been doing this podcast, I've just had an inquiry via text message, which is the second time this year I've had an inquiry via text message. You so, re Really? You've uh, actually just added a text message inquiry? Hello, do you cover Durham, please? Oh, that's a great <laughs> inquiry, that one, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's a winner. <laughs> I'm definitely being visible via text somehow. And, you know, I'm the number one photographer I guess for they text found inquiries your number on, on the website and 
I guess so. Considering I'm based in Durham, you'd think I'd hope. Well, you'd think I would cover Durham, but you know, never mind. I'll give them. I'll give them a reply. Depends which texted all eighty six yeah. photographers in your area. Can I reply with depends which venue? anyway um thank you so much for taking your time out to speak to us today andy and i think you just proved first of all that anyone called andy is awesome Um, obviously yeah well his real name is actually bert but we won't go (laughs) 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 anyway we'll move on what did i call you steve when we were doing a test earlier on steve scrotum or something (laughs) yeah and carl Carl pillington's ugly brother yeah idiot abroad Something my, else? My, one of my biggest claims to fame is a couple who, who I photographed their wedding last year. The bride described me as a slightly better looking version of Carl Pilkington. Yeah. That's that's and, not really a compliment, is it? And I was buzzing with that. I was like, slightly, just the word slightly. <laughs> yeah, slightly. Um, as if she'd really thought about it and compared. <laughs> Marginally um, better. Yeah. <laughs> I was um, like, oh, well, thank you. There's not much in um, it, but, you know, maybe a tiny bit less ugly yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that I've, no, been, I've been labeled lots lots worse in my time on this earth i'll always say my little boy leon his his nickname for you he was only three when you came over and he nicknamed you pink man which i oh, loved I, so, I had a pink t-shirt yeah i love that one but um andy uh, i hope everyone immediately not only logs into instagram to start honing their instagram but checks out your fantastic work whilst there too and for those who want to do that please search for andy griffiths photography on instagram andy griffiths Andy Griffith's pet photography. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks, guys. It's been really good. Great chatting to you both. Thanks so much for coming on, Andy. We feel it's been a super useful interview for our listeners, but also for myself and Andy. Even though we use Instagram a lot now, there's just so much we can pick up. Yeah, I feel talking to each other. I feel I'm still Uh, learning as well. So this has been very useful for me because, you know, I'm not doing everything I should do. I am getting better at it but i know that there's there's more i can do to to start picking up more bookings so yep thank you andy and um if if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast please remember to leave us a little star rating and a review in itunes it helps us not only feel loved because we're needy photographers and we need validation but it also helps other people find the podcast in itunes and learn about the awesome documentary wedding photography revolution that is photographers keeping it real uh, yes, and since the last podcast, we've actually had several five-star reviews, yes, um, which we we're, we're really grateful for. Uh, listener David Waitman actually mentions your singing, Andy, as being a highlight in particular. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't know. I think I peaked with the Sigma Lens song. Which it was... was an acquired taste. It I, wasn't. Oh, no. My Sigma Lens. I reckon if we released that, it would be number one in iTunes easily. Um, no, it <laughs> that was fucking yeah, episode five or six awesome and obviously there was our duet uh for the christmas special but it does that, that was good i'm up for that again that was fun yeah it was if we ever do another christmas episode maybe we'll do another duet but it does unfortunately take forever to do the the songs and yeah several hours so you know i'll hopefully bring back a little ditty at some point seeing as people are requesting it or at least one person is but we'll see what happens with that one okay well i think that's a great place to end thanks again to Andy, Pleasure. Andy no worries. Pleasure to have you on. And we'll be back for another episode very soon. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast show. We hope that you did on top and go. Oh, halfway through the episode. We hope that you'll join us next time. That would be mighty fine. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.